What's up, everybody? Zach here with the Zach Shanky Podcast. Got a good one here for you. I'm listening to this book. Um, oh, no. I don't remember the name. Spiritual something. <laughs> or no, soul Soul something. It's like soul. I don't know. It's good. Um, I'll tell you the name on a different episode because I don't know it right off the top of my head. And I'm driving, so I don't want to be messing with my phone trying to figure it out, right? So, but it's really good, and I want to tell you a part that I particularly am enjoying. Um, this is probably the first book that is actually diving deep into identity, which, <laughs> as you know, you should know, it's kind of a big deal in today's world. Like, there's all these people that, you know, they're they're confused about their identity. How do they identify in terms of gender, in terms of whatever? they People are identifying as things. And where does that stem from? And what, what should they identify as, right? Like, this is, this is interesting to me because, you know, it's one of those things, you know talking to anyone that that identifies in a weird way in a, in a non-traditional way if you were to tell them something like you know hey the the cause of of this is this other thing like the the typical response is hey you don't know me you don't know what what I, I I can identify as what I want I know me better than you know me but that's that's ultimately not exactly true so so here's where the book comes in handy because although it doesn't go into like gender identity specifically, it does talk about a foundational identity that is long forgotten in our society. And that foundational identity is being a child of God and what that actually means. Um, and it's it's very unfortunate that Christianity has become, um, you know, not such a great reputation anymore. You know, people are just constantly, <clears throat> constantly kind of bashing the beliefs there because they're pretty traditional and conservative and all that jazz. But the reality is, due to this lack of Christianity in the world due to the lack of teachings of Jesus Christ, we have bigger problems. We have such big problems in in life, in the world. Um, And it all stems from not having this core foundation, this core foundational identity. So what the book does talk about, and, and this can be applied to anything really, it talks about three lies that people fall on, fall into when it comes to their identity. So one of those lies is performance identity. So you you basically give yourself value based on performance, okay? So things like, um, you know, if you, whatever, let's say you're in sales, right? And you make a, a certain quota or you hit a certain record or something like that. Like, when you do that, you perceive yourself as more valuable. This is all a lie, by the way. If you have a bad sales month, does that mean you're less valuable as a human being? No, 
absolutely not. This is actually one of the things, one of the things that I can't stand about Shark Tank. If you don't know, I'm a big fan of Shark Tank. What I can't stand is that a lot of times the sharks value the person instead of the business and they don't even realize they do it, I don't think. So like, instead of saying, you know, let's say someone comes in and they have a million dollar valuation on their business, but they make $100,000 in sales for a year. So commonly a shark would ask, well, why the heck is your valuation so high when you, you make a tenth of that, right? And then, but that's not how they ask it. They could say, tell me why your business is worth a million dollars. That would be a legit question, a good question. But instead what they say is they say, tell me why you're worth a million dollars. Isn't that interesting? To me, I catch those little nuances. Languaging is everything, guys. It is a huge part of, of life. And so, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, I hate it when they ask that. Tell me why you're worth X amount of dollars. Are you kidding me? No person is worth any amount of dollars. You can't put a price tag on a person, obviously. Days of slavery are over, right? And so, when it comes to yourself... And looking at your own identity and, and, and valuing yourself based on some kind of performance. And it's not your fault. Like, if you think about it, um, I'm a big performance-driven guy. I definitely love to perform. Um, you know, I get an A in school. Not only is that like, oh, yeah, who's, who's the awesome person? I am. But then other people find out and they all are giving me positive attention for getting a good grade, right? And so what does that do? Well, it reaffirms my subconscious mind to saying, oh, I really like this feeling. Oh, I, I feel like I am more valuable as a person because of my performance. Um, I will tell you what, guys, performance-driven self-valuation is definitely something that I, I suffer from. This is a lie that I have fallen into many, many times because I'm, I'm very, very, um, um, I don't know if OCD is the right word, but like, I'm, I'm very picky when it comes to performing. I do not like not hitting a goal. I can't stand it. I'm very competitive that way. And so performance-driven self-valuation or performance-driven identity is a big thing among entrepreneurs. Huge, right? Your business flops. And that causes entrepreneurs to go into depression and all sorts of other mental health issues because they put all of their identity into the performance of their business, their chosen career, right? This also goes for non-entrepreneurs, right? They put all their identity into succeeding in the corporate world, let's say. And then they get laid off. Boom. Where's their identity? Boom. All of a sudden, there's a mental health crisis. Like, like it's, it's really a big deal. You can't put identity in performance. You can't value yourself based on performance. It's just not accurate. Uh, lie number two is you identify yourself based on how other people love you. These are the people pleasers. I gotta, I gotta confess, there's a little bit of me in this too, okay? Not as much as the performance thing, but there, there's definitely a part here 
Um, and I was just talking to Brian about this just yesterday. No joke. Um, people pleasers, right? Like you want people, it's either you want everyone to love you. You can't stand it if one person dislikes you or there's like a select few people that like you are constantly striving for approval from and you need, you need their approval, their love, their affection, right? And if you don't have it, mental crisis, identity crisis, your value, your self value drops, your perception of your own value drops because this one person or these several people criticized you. Okay. There's another side to that too, where instead of like taking the depression route, it's more like a, I'll show you kind of route. Like, Oh, they doubt me. I'm going to show them. What are you doing there? You're placing your identity based on the approval of a person. Like, that's just not a good idea. <laughs> and I, that's where I fall in, right? That's where, um, you know, I want, I love proving people wrong, <laughs> right? I mean, who doesn't? It's kind of a, it's kind of a nice feeling, but <laughs> anyway, but this is a, this is a trap. This is another lie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Crossed the line a little bit there. I got the little rumble rumble. Um, but this is one of those, another one of those lies for your own identity that you can get trapped in and cause all sorts of bigger problems later if you don't identify this situation, right? And that's really, really what I'm trying to get across here. The third lie is control. You value yourself based on either the control you have of your own life, of your own decisions, or you base your value on the control you have of your outcomes, like the results. And, um, this, this comes into play, um, big time. If you feel like guilt, like the, the, I feel like the feeling of guilt is associated with this whole control lie, identity lie. Okay. Because when you feel guilty, you want to get rid of that feeling. And there's two ways to get rid of it. You could a not do the thing that's causing the guilt or B justify right? Let's, let's go through a simple example. Okay. Obviously I'm a spiritual person. And so I don't believe in something like, I don't believe watching pornography is a good thing. I feel that that is a very bad thing. I feel that that industry in in and of itself should be shut down forever and never to resurface again. Okay. That's my own personal belief on it. And so based on that, okay, if somebody watches pornography and they have that same belief that it's a bad thing, they feel guilty and shame, right? So now they have two options here because now they feel like they're not in control. So one option is to gain control, have some self-discipline, get some professional help if needed, and stop watching pornography, okay? That's one route that that person can take. Another route that that person could take, though, is justifying it and saying, eh, it's not hurting anybody, and trying to get rid of that feeling of guilt that way. Either way, getting rid of the feeling of guilt is a form of control, and control is a lie. 
at the end of the day, we're not in control of anything, guys. Not in control of anything. At the end of the day, God is in the driver's seat. Okay, like that's <laughs> that's what's happening. Okay, he lets us make certain choices, but he's kind of omnipotent and stuff. So, is it really our choices? Oh, snap. Now we're going to get into quantum physics. <laughs> There's infinite options of the universe, and God knows all of them. The, the point here, though, <laughs> is that control and having control of your own decisions and having control of an outcome of your life, it's all a lie. It's not real. There's You can perceive things as control, but you should definitely not value yourself based on the amount of control that you have or don't have. You should also not identify your, you know, one way or another based on the amount of control you have or don't have. Like, that's a ridiculous thing. Okay. So, I'll give you some examples here. Again, Shark Tank fails on this one. Okay. They, they fail the, <laughs> the lie, t- lie detector test here. So, um, for example, if you are an employee, you work for somebody else. What does that mean in terms of your control? It means, typically... You have very, very limited or zero control of your schedule. You get told when to show up and when you're allowed to leave. Some places, you get told when you're allowed to use the bathroom. You know, like you have to wait till break. Most places, you have to, you're told when you're allowed to eat. Right? You're told what you have to do while you're there. There is a big lack of control here. And if your identity is in control, in the, in the, is in, not, if your identity is in having control, then as an employee, you're going to look very down on yourself. And this is where I strongly disagree with most of the sharks. Most of the sharks, if somebody comes in there and they're working a full-time job and they're doing their side gig that they're presenting to the sharks, a lot of times they'll, they'll be like, Listen, man, you're not even full time into this. How you're not even committed, and that's that's just not fair. That's not a fair or accurate assumption there at all, because the value of a person does not decrease because they have a lack of control in their life because they're employed. You know what I mean? Like, oof. Anyway, this stuff will throw will, will spin your head a little bit. So. All of this to say, if you think about those three lies, the lie where you identify yourself based on performance, the lie where you identify yourself based on love from other people, and the lie that you base your identity of yourself on the amount of control you have in your life. These are all three lies. Think about it. What are, what, how are those lies showing up in your life? Like they're, they're really not good because a lot of those things are completely outside of your control. So when I was running a marketing agency, um, I don't think we ever failed to get people the amount of leads that we said we would get them. Um, however, they would sometimes fail on the sales side. They had bad salespeople and would not make sales from my leads. So <laughs> like, does that mean that I need to devalue myself as a person and my identity is thrown out the door and oh my gosh, I'm a terrible marketer and blah, blah, blah. No, it means that things happen outside of my control and my identity is not based on my performance. 
identity, the only true foundational identity is in Jesus, is in God, is in being a child of God. See, because because we are children of God, it's that scripture, right? He loved us so much that he sent his beloved son. He sacrificed his firstborn or his only begotten son, okay, for us. So what kind of value do we really hold that that our heavenly father would be willing to sacrifice Jesus Christ for us? That's value. That is an immense amount of value. Every single person on this planet has that same amount of value. So this is why this is why I always say like people are extraordinary. I do love people and I try not to judge and um, all that stuff because even people I disagree with politically, spiritually, even my ex-wife, she's still a child of God. And that's something to keep in mind. There's they still hold value to Heavenly Father. And if they hold value to Him, who are we to degrade that value? Right? We're, we don't have the right to do that. And so you can't value someone based on performance, control, or love from other people. Um, you, you have to value them at their core, which is that they are a child of God. Okay? So, whew, I know. It's deep. I told you I got a good one for you today. Um, so, guys, my point here is think about your own identity because things will happen that will disrupt those three lies. Things will happen that you have no control over. Things will happen that will cause people not to like you. Things will happen where your performance is going to suck. Maybe short term, maybe long term. And you have to be okay with that. And you have to still view yourself as an extraordinary child of God. So valuable that God sacrificed his only begotten son. Like that is where it's at. That is where it's at. Now, if you're not a Christian, you don't believe in Christ and all this stuff, uh, and you're listening to this, hey, it's fine. (laughs) I still view you as a child of God as well. I still love you. Um, And I still value you immensely. Um, I would encourage you (laughs) to think about it. (laughs) Like, talk to me about this. I, I love talking to people of other faiths, other religions. I really do. I really, really do. Because there's a big difference between doctrine and principles. Um, Doctrine is more um, kind of the law, if you will. Principles are more of suggestions. Okay? That's that's the the easiest way to explain it. Um, And this is why, you know, if you didn't know, I grew up in the Mormon faith. um, And I believe essentially all of Mormon doctrine, to be honest with you. I do believe that their Book of Mormon is scripture. I do. I mean, I can't deny that. I've had way too many amazing experiences from that book for me to say anything otherwise, other other than that. Um, however, there's a lot of principles in that religion that I don't agree with and that I can't stand behind. Okay? And those principles are things like... Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know. Like, no marijuana, for example. Okay? Like... I just don't agree with that. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, 
things like um, no tattoos. Now, granted, I'm not going to get a tattoo, but not because of that. Okay, I'm not going to get a tattoo because I'm way too undecisive. Indecisive? I'm way too indecisive to like pick something that I'm okay with for the rest of my life. <laughs> I would change my mind in a year or less and then be like, ah, oh, dang it, I wish I had done this instead. And I just don't want to go through all that. My brother's the same way. Um, but Mormons, it, one of their principles is don't get a tattoo, period. And see, and I, I don't like black and white. I don't. I don't feel that that is the way life is. You can't have just right or wrong. I feel like there's a lot of gray area and that needs to be discussed and prayed about and, and felt through and all that stuff. So anyway, enough about that. Guys, make sure your identity is in something solid, something spiritually based. You are a valuable person, regardless of what your trading account says, what your bank account says, regardless of what maybe some bad family and bad friends or acquaintances say, coworkers say, regardless of anything negative that that is out there in the world to knock you down and, and push you over, regardless of any of that, you are valuable. This is something that Brian, by the way, is really, really good at. Because I remember when we were very small, very small, and we're having conversations with people significantly more, more successful monetarily than, than we were. And yet... Brian never, ever, ever backed down from the fact that we were super valuable. Like, he never once, like, put any doubt in their mind that we are at their level or more. Like, he, he just, it's not in his nature. He values himself so much and he values other people so highly that he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he could talk to a giant. He could talk to, you know, CEO of Apple and, and have full, full confidence talking to that guy. You know what I mean? Like that, that's so powerful because he has this identity, Brian does, that's just unshakable. And that is what I'm striving for. He's, he's a great, Brian's a great example to me guys in so many ways. And that's definitely one of them because I, I tend to put my identity in my performance as well as love from certain people or, or at least acknowledgement from certain people. And um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I need to stop doing that. And I need to put all my value and identity in, in, in God and in Christ. And the moment that I can make that, that mental shift myself, it's a freeing moment. Because now you don't feel so bad if you underperform in something. Like you are still you. Like that's the whole identity thing. I'll tell you what, my, I'm, I'll wrap this up here, guys. My 14-year-old my definitely struggles with the identity thing because, um, and it's not totally her fault. The content that I allowed her to watch, content, remember, content controls belief, okay? And then belief is either, it's either one of faith or of doubt, and then, anyway, and then that's a train that leads to action or inaction, which leads to results or no results. So... It all starts with the content that you feed your brain. And I was foolish enough to let her watch whatever YouTube channel she wanted to watch, you know, without real monitoring. And turns out she's watching all these things about gender identity and all this kind of stuff. And um, there were a couple times that she was wondering herself if she, if she was a transgender type person, if she could identify as a guy instead of a girl. 
And and guys, please understand that like when when I hear that stuff from my children, I don't just stomp on it. Like a lot of a lot of people would just be like, no, you're you're a girl. No, I ask questions and help her to come to her own conclusion. And at the end of the day, she did conclude that she is not identifying as a as a male in any way, shape, or form. And I, I talked really deeply with her about that. But identity is something that she struggles with because she is unsure, unstable with her spirituality. She has no idea what she likes and doesn't like, what she believes in. And part of that is because I have my faith and beliefs and her mom has complete opposite faiths and beliefs. And so, wow, that's confusing for my kids. And ultimately, all I can do is help guide them in the best way that I know how, and that is through example and by loving and supporting. And um, and I feel like this identity thing is huge because I she definitely identifies from the love of others primarily and then secondary uh, performance. And those are those are definitely her two big ones but the love of others is definitely the biggest one and I know that and so now I'm going to teach her these lies you know so that she can understand that her identity is not in that her identity is more internal more spiritually based more soul based it's it's inside what matters not performance or love from other people so anyway it's good stuff guys it's really good stuff I'll figure out the title of that book. Actually, I'm coming up to a stop sign. One second. Okay, the book is called Soul Care. Soul Care. Uh, It's got like a flame or like a match or something on it, on the cover. Soul Care. Super good. Super good book. I'd recommend it. Um... I don't know if I, I necessarily agree with absolutely everything in the book, but for the most part, yeah, I agree with everything in the book. Uh, it's really good. So, guys, anyway, hope this is helpful to you, and uh, thanks for listening. Love you. Talk to you later.